1 Samuel chapter 30. We'll begin reading at verse number 1. And I'll begin reading right there at verse number one from the King James Version. It says, for Samuel 30, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Are you with me? And had taken the women uh, captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Somebody say divine recovery. recovery. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Wow. And David's two wives were taken captives, uh, Ahinoam and uh, the Jezreelitis and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. You can't have two wives today. Just thought I'd drop that in there for the brothers, okay? And it's not permission. All right. Verse number six. Thought I'd just say that. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, uh, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Listen, shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and what does the rest of it say? And without fail, do what? Recover all. Jump over to verse 16. And when he had brought them down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing, because all of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men, and rode upon camels and fled. And David, what? Recovered how much? All that the Amalekites had uh, carried away. And David, David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that uh, they had taken to them. David recovered how much? All. All. And I'll just go ahead and read 20. And David took all the flocks and herds, which uh, they drave before those other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. Now, just kind of dealing with this scripture uh, and this topic, topic on divine recovery, uh, the purpose of the lesson really is to encourage uh, you and I, believers, to seek restoration of things taken, lost, or stolen that are a part of our destiny. That we would recover or that, that we would um, seek restoration of things taken, lost, or stolen that are a part of our destiny. There are some things that are not a part of our destiny we need to leave alone. But we are to recover the things that's a part of our destiny, things that are a part of our lives that we need in our lives. Okay? So we're talking about divine recovery. And so when I say divine recovery, of course, that word divine really speaks of uh, deity or it speaks of God, supernatural intervention. 
that uh, I want us to really understand that the things that we are to recover that was stolen from us in our own natural strength, we will not be able to do. There's some, there are things that we will not be able to do because there is a, um, a plan of the enemy um, that has been worked out and strategized uh, to such a degree that uh, it has uh, it, it has the components uh, uh, in it that um, when the devil takes something, he means to keep what he takes. So he has set it up where he's going to make it virtually impossible for us to get it back. So it's going to take uh, divine intervention. It's going to take God's help for us to get it back. Whether he himself will do it, y'all with me? Or whether he will have angels to do it. However he chooses to do it, it's going to take his doing, my Lord, to recover. It, it, we'll, we'll be looking at several areas, excuse me, we'll be looking at several areas of which we will um, explore divine recovery. The area of self-esteem, getting our self-esteem back. Okay? Getting our self-esteem back. Okay? Getting our self-esteem back to a God-esteem, you know. Uh, not thinking more highly of ourselves as we, you know, not thinking more highly of ourselves, 12 and 3 of Romans. But we want to think as God thinks concerning us. How he sees us, that's how we want to see ourselves. And that's how we want to think about ourselves, the same way he thinks and sees us. Okay? We'll be t- dealing with a divine recovery in the area of our health. Many of us have been suffering with things over the years. Chronic illnesses. We have gone to the doctors, and the doctors have said that there's certain things we'll never get rid of. We'll have to live with it for the rest of our lives. And some of us just says, okay. And we settle with that. My thing is this. If God says that we can be healed, the Lord says we can be healed, and he's, he, he's provided for us the provision of sacrifice through Jesus Christ, of his blood and his body. If he says that we can be healed, guess what? We can. Now, I'm not going to argue about how some people die with whatever it is that they die with. I'm not going to argue that point. My point is this, that if God says I can be healed, it would be, I would be a fool not to at least exercise the word on it. You know what I mean? To get it. Because many times it's really according to our faith that it's going to be done. Now, whether you get healed of that or not, depending on, on God's sovereign plan for your life, I don't have anything to do with that. That's in the hands of God. But my responsibility to the word of God is to exercise the word. Okay, I can't answer your question why, did, why you didn't get healed or why so-and-so passed with a certain disease. I can't answer that question. But what I can answer is that our response to the word of God is an obedient response that we we, we work the word of God. At least give yourself a chance to, <laughs> to be healed. Come on, y'all. Just because Jed died with it don't mean you have to die with it. Amen. Okay. And if God, in, in his plan, if in his sovereign plan, if he allows it and permits that particular ailment to be on it, on you, watch this now. 
you can live longer than a lot of people with it. Because the thing, even with the thing in you, many times it can't take you out. So then his word of healing sustains us even with that particular alien living in us. My point is we got to work the word of God and get healed. Wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as that soul prospers. We've got to be healed. So another area that we're going to deal with divine recovery is our peace. It makes sense to me to be crazy in the world and to worry as an unbeliever. It makes no sense to me to be crazy as a believer. I don't mean no harm, but I'm trying to tell you there's too many crazy, worried believers. No, did I offend anybody by saying that? Okay, I'm just saying that that if there should be peace anywhere, it ought to rest and lie in the church. The people of God ought to be the carriers of the peace of God. I expect the world to worry about how they're going to make it. But not kingdom citizens. Okay. Now, Pastor, I know that's easier said than done. Hold on. Whose system are you living in? Where you get that comment from? Not to be too picky, but where did that come from? Where was that born from? Where was that statement born from? And sometimes we got to look at it like that. Was that born from the kingdom? Easier said than done. That was not birthed from the kingdom. You haven't, you didn't see that nowhere. That was birthed. No. The kingdom birthed negativity. The kingdom doesn't birth those type of things. The kingdom of God births, I can do all things. That strengthens me. That's what it gives birth to. But I understand we've been trained in this system so long and we've been disciplined in the system so long. We've done it so long, you know, that we have been become highly developed in speaking negative. And some of us do it unconsciously. We do it. We just do it spontaneously. You push our button and we say negative things. We don't even mean it. We just do. Because we've been conditioned in that manner. So we'll talk about divine recovery in the area of our peace. Okay? Of course, we'll go back into getting talking about divine recovery in the area of our finances. We'll deal with that. Divine recovery in the area of our families. And we're going to jump right back into divine recovery in the area of our souls. All right, so let's go and let's get back into that one. Divine recovery, and we'll just we'll just call this division one soul ties. Okay, breaking soul ties. All right, so we'll go back into that. We we introduced it a couple of weeks back, uh, you know, before our big uh, events and things started taking place. But we'll go back into it. Some of you missed it, but we'll just kind of hit a couple of things again so that we can get right back hot on it again. Okay? So I'm going to deal with uh, breaking soul ties. 
What's a soul tie? Soul tie, soul ties are unions that are created that knit things and people together. Unions that are created that knit things and people together. It's the joining together of two or more entities that make one. The joining together of two or more entities that, or two or more entities to make one. It's the creating or the creation of bonds. B-O-N-D-S. Bonds. But right next to the word bonds, I need you to write the, the word bound. That means to be bound to something. That there's a bonding that takes place. When we're dealing with soul ties, of course, we're dealing with, we can look at the word soul in two aspects. We can talk, look at the word soul as it relates to one's life. Or we can look at soul as it relates to uh, one of the spiritual aspects of a person's life, his mind, his emotions, his will. Three main areas, soul. So it's the bonding, the bonding of lives together, the bonding of the invisible spiritual part of the person. Not talking about the spirit necessarily, but I am to a degree, but I'm talking about really the, 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 the mind, because you can't see the mind. You can see the brain, but you can't see the mind. Emotions. You have them. There's an expression of them, but you can't see it per se. It's a spiritual entity. So I'm talking about the, the binding. Dealing with soul ties, uh, write another word because I want words to kind of connect you to certain things. There is the creating of soul ties and then there's the sustaining of soul ties. Okay. As we go deeper into this, we'll talk about how they're created. Uh, they're created. We know one of the one of the main things that we think in terms of creating a soul ties, we talk about sexual uh, contact or sexual intercourse creates a soul tie. That's one of the, the obvious ones that a lot of people talk about. But there are other ways of creating soul ties. You can do it with your mouth. What you're saying to someone else. The things that you're saying to someone else can knit you and cause you to be bound to someone or something by your words. Another way of creating a soul tie is by touch. Touch, touching. 
Because there's a transfer that can come from your life to another person's life just by simply touching them. At this stage of what I'm sharing now, I'm not necessarily talking about an evil one or a good one. I'm just talking in general of how you create, how soul ties can be created. Here's the word I want you to, to write down. And you'll, you'll be familiar with this, particularly mothers. You'll be familiar with this word, the umbilical cord. Because it is the umbilical cord of a mother in the natural that, <clears throat> that feeds uh, the fetus, that connects from the, the fetus, the baby that's growing, to the placenta which is the nourishing agent or the nourishing agency. Okay, but it also is that, is also that connection or that cord or that tube that helps the fetus to expel waste. And so when you think in terms of umbilical cord in the natural, let's just move it now and let's put it into the spirit arena now. And let's just kind of go ahead and and throw the principle of it that it is a transfer that causes nourishing to take place, to nourish relationships. It's a nurturing connection. Mm, mm, mm. Hallelujah. So that means that there's a transferring uh, bridge and highway that goes from one uh, one side to another side, and it continues to keep going back and forth. That it continues to be nourished. There's there's traffic. There's always uh, uh, traffic going this way and traffic coming this way. There is there's always a passing from one side to the other side. Okay. There's a transporting. That's a big word for me these days. There's a transporting from here to there. And watch this. The more you transport from one thing to another and from that thing back to the other, as the more you do that, you not only watch this, you not only create a strong bond, but if you do this, if you do this, it becomes and you got to hear this. It becomes difficult to create bonds other places. Now, what I mean by bond is this, that when you decide, I'm tired of this, and you want to do things right, the soul tie that you have had or that you have not cut makes it difficult now to bond with the right thing if it's a wrong connection that you've had. Now you want to do it right. Especially in relationships. Now you want to do it right. And so now you want to bond. You want to create a good, strong relationship. And you cannot bond properly. Because there is already a bond that you have had that makes it difficult to stick to other things. Y'all with me? 
Now, the ugliness of soul ties is that it speaks in terms of fragmented lives, a fragmented soul, if you will. Okay, that means that my soul has has been split. And because of the soul ties that I have, I try to go from this thing to another thing, then to another thing, then to another thing, then to another thing. And the interesting thing is I find myself knitting up with a certain thing all the time. And so what I need to do, because I got my soul tied to stuff that I shouldn't be tied to, now I need to recover myself. And if I have dealt with this over the years and I didn't understand in my ignorance, come on, relationships, I've gone over here. That didn't work because I tried that. It didn't work. I went over here, tried that, did that for about a year and a half. That didn't work. Then I went over here. I tried that. That didn't work. Mm, About three years I was there. Then I was over here for about three months. Mm, didn't work out. And now I've got about, I've got about six or seven areas that I have given myself over to build bridges and had umbilical cords set up where there was a transfer from this thing to that thing. That was nourishing me. You know what I mean? And I was nourishing it and it was going back and forth. And then now I got strings all over the place. I can't bond with anybody, but I'm tied to everybody. And so p- part of my life is in, in, in uh, uh, Newington. And then another part of my life is over there in Cheshire. And then another part of my life is down in New Haven. Hallelujah. And another part over there on the West Coast. I got a piece on the island. Come on, y'all. There's a piece over on the island. And my life is scattered around. My soul is everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. I'm finding it hard to bond anywhere, but I'm tied everywhere. And so I have a fragment life and now I need to recover my life. But it ain't that easy. I need divine help. Oh, my God. Okay. In the area of of sexuality. You know, a lot of, I I shared this some years ago. Um, Incredible testimonies came from it. But I'll share a piece of it. In the area of sexuality, when it comes down, you know, to males and females, but the females, you know, the, the females who have been with lots of guys sexually, there are a lot of covenants. That's another word you want to write. There are a lot of covenants that we have, that we have out there now. A lot of females, and y'all don't, this, this is not condemning y'all. Just follow me. Okay? It's time to get rescued and get some recovery on some stuff. That's all. But just, and we don't like to talk a whole lot about it in church. We kind of, we skim over the top and then we hurry on and get, you know what I mean? We can't do that. 
okay? Because, and I was sharing with the brother earlier today that one of the things, uh, I'm, I'm still digging into the Solomon thing concerning wisdom. I can't wait to teach on that. But one of the things about that is when Solomon, when, when his name start getting out there across in the kingdom and, and outside of the kingdom into other other regions and areas when they heard about the wisdom of solomon of course we know about the the, the two harlots how he handled that situation we heard we know about uh, the queen of sheba you know what i mean how she came and whatnot the thing is when they heard about the wisdom of this guy they all started coming because they wanted his wisdom and the bible says the hard cases started coming And I say that to to kind of set this up, and that is this, that you have to understand that we have as a church, and the heartbeat of the church is not just for a certain thing or a certain group. Our heart, man, is for everything that God puts in our path. Wherever you plant me, God, I'm supposed to have impact everywhere around me. So whatever is out there ought to become, if I would interview this church, right, just in this small group tonight, there are so many experiences just in this house of the Christians. And some of you all will hear some of the testimonies in this house, you all would not be like, oh my God. Right? Hard cases are sitting in this auditorium right now. There are certain ones in here who will not tell you living with a certain disease in their body right now. And if you knew, you would move and sit on the other side. Y'all better leave me alone because I don't say it. No, really, 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 really. See, and we have to make sure that that we are ready for the hard cases. We need to talk about it all. If you can have it, we ought to be able to talk about it. If you can go through it, we ought to be able to talk about it. Come on. I've sat in some meetings and some people have said some things to me and it didn't shock me at all. Par for the course. You live in a world. You made a decision. This is what happens. Okay? You did it ignorantly or you did it with knowledge. Nonetheless, you got it. So let's deal with it. And the word of God speaks to it all. And we have to be a people of love to such a degree that if you got it, you came to the right place, my God, because I'm going to love it out of you. No, no, really. I'm going to give you so much love, you're not even going to believe we love you even though you got that issue. Now, if you're scared, you don't belong here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because it has to be addressed. If the church don't address it, you know, Satan's still going, he's just going to keep it. You know what I mean? Well, they'll go to the psychologist, psychiatrist, and I ain't got no problem with them. They, you know what I mean? They, they're, they're, they're skilled and trained to help people. Just that some of their methods are not, you know, not, not kingdom methods that they use. 
Amen. If you need meds right now, I ain't mad at you. My job is to pour in enough love and faith in you until you push all that stuff that's in you out of you. Until you rise up, not at my words, but you rise up and say, I don't need this anymore. Because your faith sustains you. Because when that thing can knock on your door and your window again, try to get back in, you have enough faith to push that thing. You know what I mean? You stand up and say, I don't need it no more. You stand up and say, I don't need insulin anymore. That's according to your faith. My job is just pour it, open your mouth. Let me pour it in. Y'all here with me? The Bible itself does not use the term soul tie. It doesn't use the term soul tie. But in definition, we can see it throughout scripture. Now, the thing that is interesting about a soul tie, go ahead to Genesis chapter 1. The thing that's interested about a soul tie is that it is not as simple as seeing, watch this, two pieces, oh God, two pieces of meat, two pieces of flesh stuck together and you say to the two pieces of flesh, you need to separate. But that ain't right. It don't look right. If that's how you are addressing what you see together, you'll never get the proper results. Because soul ties is more than two pieces of meat stuck together. It is the spiritual entities of two things or or more people that's interconnected. And when it's a spiritual thing of which soul ties are, when it's spiritual, with your naked eye, you can't see the tie. So you can cut me apart. In fact, you can put me put me in the car and take me across town and take the other person across the other side of town. A soul tie will find a way to hook up. You, you, will, you will find a way. Listen, I don't care where you put the persons. It's not, to, it's not separating two pieces of meat. I know that's kind of weird to say, but it's not the separation of two pieces of meat. It's going inside in that invisible real part of the person and attacking it, addressing it properly with the proper language. You know what I mean? Attacking it. You know what I mean? And destroying it. Hallelujah. I saw a hand. I saw a hand. Yeah. You never separate. Absolutely. 
Okay. The question was, is it, is it like if, if your best friends with someone and they move, one move to the West Coast, California, and you're here, and then when you see each other, it's like you never missed a step? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm going to talk about David and Jonathan. See, that's a good one there. Okay. No matter what people try to say, people who don't have insight, what they try to say about those two, okay, they were best friends. They were tied, not two pieces of meat tied. They were tied intern- in, in, internally. There was something that tied them together. They had each other's back. Even though Jonathan's father became an enemy to David, Jonathan was still loyal. Oh my God. And he knew how to navigate the situation, even though his daddy was adversarial towards his best friend. Yeah. Okay, did I see another hand? Yes. 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 Oh, it could absolutely. Sis was wondering if two people together married, they get a divorce. You know, she said it quietly that they're still, still tied it because you know because she understood that that part was sensitive, right? <laughs> right? Because that could be a debatable thing whether they're still married later on, even though they married somebody else. I just carried it out. Okay, I just carried it out for you. But then she went and clarified the other portion of that that says that even though they are uh, separated legally, divorced legally, there could possibly still be a soul tie. And the answer is yes. Okay. A lot of divorced people still tied to each other because that's a bond that they had. Okay. And, and because of the bond, and you got to understand this, that's why I had you go to Genesis chapter one. Uh, actually it's going to be chapter two, but, but, but because you can, you can, That's a classic example of a soul tie. Okay, Adam and Eve. When they knew each other, Scripture says, and that word is a connotation that deals with intimacy, sexual intimacy. When they knew each other, there was a tie that was created. There was a joining that took place. There was a consummation that took place. There was covenant making. That's a covenant making act. And so when you divorce legally by paper, the only thing you have really done, if you have not dealt with the soul tie, is you have divided two pieces of meat. And I don't mean to be crass by saying it like that in the real country, but I just want you to see flesh and flesh. Two pieces of slabs of flesh. That's all you've done because you can be divorced and still hooking up later on. You know, I know people that, that divorce, they can't, they, they can't stand each other, but they won't let nobody else mess with you, mess with the other party. You know what I mean? And they create, they make dates, you know, while they're doing something else with somebody else. They make dates. Because they just couldn't live together. But the umbilical cord kept bringing nourishment from the fetus to the, to the placenta. Y'all, y'all got me. 
Y'all got me. Okay. And let me just tell you. Let me just help you out. Time, just time and distance heals. Come on. No, it frustrates. That's what it does. If you don't deal, <laughs> if you don't deal with it, that's what it does. Don't. Time going to heal. The more time you heal, hallelujah. Now you got to address that thing. Because even though you could be away from something or someone for years, and you have, in your eyes and in your mind, you have gone on with your life. Okay? Show up at a wedding or a funeral and see the person. Go to the store. You're in the store. I mean, you're minding your business looking, you're in Marshalls, and you're in the back there looking at all the little vases, vases, whatever you want to call them. You're looking at, you're looking at curtains and stuff, and you just happen to look up, and you're like, <laughs> right? And inside of you, you're hoping and trying to create ways of getting their attention, knowing good and well you ought not to. Trying to hold on, hold on, <laughs> trying to, trying to hold on to the rack that you're looking at. <laughs> right? And then when you see them leave the store, you're like, <laughs> right? And you relief, but then you step to look out the window just to see. <laughs> Amen. Well, y'all laughing pretty good on that. Y'all, <laughs> Because time and all that stuff, if you don't, if you don't deal, and, and I said this before and I'll say it again. Because it's a unseen sp- tie in the spirit arena. You can look at two pieces of flesh and you watch this guy hit up on that girl all day long and you know good and well, she ought to get away. Abuse. We don't tolerate abuse. But she want to be with him. All right? And you know, you can, you can look over here and you can tell that's wrong right there. I don't know how that girl take that. And then when you get a chance to talk to the girl, you, say, you need to get away. He's just trying to beat your brains out. And then when she says, but he loves me. Inside of you, everything inside of you says, girl, you are absolutely crazy. Okay. And she might be having, you know, a little issue. But my thing is this. To tell her to stop is not good enough. Because what you don't see is the unseen tie that's there that keeps bringing her back. She is willing to take the blow for companionship. And whatever it feeds her in that relationship. And we call it, we call her stupid and we call her dumb. Okay, but if that's the best we can do, we still ain't. We still are not good enough. Because if the best we can do is point the finger and talk about how bad it is, then then we need to go back to the bowl of oil and dunk in it, get some anointing on us, so that we can come back and address this with love. Obviously, something is wrong if she's gonna keep going back to him. Obviously, listen. Obviously, listen now, if she's a prostitute and she's working, she's got a pimp, you know what I mean, who's, who's, obviously there's something that has to be done to break that connection. We sit, we look at this, oh, that's terrible. 
Yeah, it's terrible. But who's going to do something about it? I tell you who's going to do something about it. The church is. Okay. All right. If, if the whole church won't, at least this one will. Because we're going to expose you to information, to the word of God. Watch this, not just the letter of the word, but there's an anointing on this thing that's going to get inside of you. That's going to give you some boldness about the thing. Give you, come on, give you some spiritual education about this matter. So that when you go address it, when you speak the words out of your mouth, you start ripping contracts up in the lives of people. Hallelujah. Believe that there's a touch in the believer that when I touch you with my hands, that I can break stuff in you by the power of the anointing. When I touch you, there should be something that transfers from my life into your life that addresses that spiritual part of you that's tied to other things. Hallelujah. I believe that what comes out of my mouth penetrates into the spirit arena in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bible says of Jesus, for this cause or purpose was the son of man manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The amplifier says to undo what the devil did. To undo it. But tied, Jesus came to untie. And he, Messiah, is the anointed one. Come on. 127 of 1st John says we have that anointing inside of us. Are y'all here? Amen. A lot of us tied to music. Tied to a time. Our generation right here, the one, my generation, we're tied like to the 70s, man. We're, we're like tied to the 70s. We, you know, this stuff that's out now is okay. But what we say, that ain't no real music. That ain't no real music. We want that ain't no real music. Right? We listen to this stuff now. That ain't no real music. Right? And if I mess with some of y'all too tough, I'll take you like to the crossing into the 70s. Right? And I just throw this name out, Marvin Gaye. Wow, wow, wow. Y'all know what that means? <laughs> look, 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 look. We just went in right now. Some of y'all was like, woo! I mean, <laughs> I mean, ready, I mean, just ready, you know. Just the mute, just the, just that little bit. Man, you knew where you were. You knew what you were doing. And if you're a real lot of you, I wish I could go back there, some of y'all. My point, my point is that that, <laughs> that we're tied, like it or not, we have to deal with it because it's not just people. We're t- tied to things. Trust me, there's some cities we're tied to. There's some environments that we're tied to. Glory to God. Not all of it's bad. There's a lot of good stuff. I'm just saying that you got to understand what a soul tie is. 
Because there's some unholy ones that we got to deal with. See? Y'all with me? Mm, mm, mm. Genesis. <laughs> oh. Boy, I knew if I would do that little guitar lick. <laughs> Please. Some of y'all, y'all be sweating bullets if earth, wind, and fire came to, to Mohican sun. Y'all couldn't help yourself. I already know what I'm talking about. Uh, some of y'all say right now, I don't even care what you say, Pastor. I'm going. <laughs> okay. I ain't here to tell you whether that is right or wrong. I'm here to tell you about soul ties. Hallelujah. I'm talking about divine recovery. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, is it a sin to listen to jazz? I ain't thinking about you right now. (laughs) Is it a sin to listen to jazz? Here's the question that, 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 the, the question that comes on top of that. Do you have, do you have a spiritual success in your life? Now, it says there in Genesis chapter number two. I know some of y'all just got real quiet on me right there. And come on, come on, come on, come on. Think, let's think higher. Because I'm not talking about whether that's a sin or not. I'm just trying to help you to see what you're connected to. See whether it's healthy or not. It says there in Genesis chapter number two. And verse number 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Um, That's as far as I'm going to be able to get based upon what I'm getting ready to say. Okay, I'm going to conclude with just that verse. I didn't even get down to the verse I'm trying to get to. Okay, now watch this now. Please, 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 please watch this. God said it's not good that man should, principle, God says it's not good that, that, that man should be alone. I will make for him what? And help meet. Meet. All right. Those of you that said mate, that's not in the scriptures. He did not say mate. Stop saying it in this context. That's not what the scripture says. It says meet. M-E-E-T. Okay. That's what King James told us. Okay. All right. Now, since King James told us that or that time, the Shakespearean time told us that 16th century, let's look at that. The word meat is not mate. Okay. Talks about fitness. One that's suitable. Comparable, compatible, suitable. One that fits. I will make for him. And help that is suitable, that fits him. What makes, and now here's the context, what makes a soul tie effective? It fits. 
Mm-hmm. It fits. It's suitable. It connects. It connects to some part of you that wants that. Yeah, effective. Because it's, it, it suits, it fits. A desired need. Now I know you all, I ain't gonna mess with you. Okay. But as long as you're spirit, soul, and body, I can talk like this. Because just because your spirit is alive to God, your soul need to be saved too. If you, if you follow what I'm saying there. Okay. Your soul need, your mind needs to be saved. You know what I mean? Your emotion needs to get some salvation. Hallelujah. Some deliverance up in there. Come on. And your body needs to know you saved. Okay. But if you never, re- if you don't get your mind, your mind renewed to the things you ought to get renewed to, soul ties become, a f- uh, I'm talking about unholy ones now, can, can be effective because it meets you. Because it's suitable to that area that still has a desired need. It's not the right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It will, yeah, it will not meet the redeemed part of you. I felt that one in my head. (laughs) I just felt something shoot right up through here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It connects with the unredeemed part of man. Hallelujah. So God says, I will make for him and help me. You better believe that the enemy is sitting alongside doing what you're doing right now, taking notes. Because Satan, there's nothing authentic about him. Just him. He's just the being itself is authentic. But the things that he does, there's nothing. He's a perpetrator. He's a duplicator. He borrows everything from God. He sees how God operates and how it works. He takes it and he uses it to his benefit. So if God is looking for a suitable meat, he says, well, I can do that too. And he goes to the part of you that he has access to. <laughs> what the what he's finding? It's redeemable, but, un, but it's unredeemed until it's redeemed. If, yeah. It's when my spirit grows enough and takes command of the rest of me. It's when my spirit captures me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that's, 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 that's when my spirit says, you know what? I realize who I is. <laughs> and the rest of y'all help me, help me to inhabit this space. So now if I'm, if we're in this space, I need you to respond and act like I do. That's what this, I'm just, this is the voice of the spirit now. Oh, command center. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because here it is now. See, you just mess with me. <laughs> no, but here it is. You got to understand. Paul lets us in in the chapter 7 of Romans. He lets us in on the battle. He lets us in on the battle that's going on. The turmoil that's going on. See, the spirit, the spirit the spirit is after the mind so that the mind command center, control center, can tell the body to respond. But on the other side, you got the flesh also speaking to the mind, telling the mind to make the body respond. So now it is my spirit and my flesh trying, they are going, trying to see who has the greatest influence over my mind. I just felt like no Joneses now because I didn't even mean to. My mind. Okay, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't. This I'm serious, serious. But it's trying because my mind. Y'all heard me say this before. My finger doesn't move if my mind doesn't give it a command. Y'all heard me talk about natural, natural uh, dimension, Alzheimer's, natural, and I talked about spiritual dimension, right? Same thing, in principle. Okay. Once that happens, my mind is not functioning properly. And when, it, when it's time for me to eat in the natural. If I'm suffering with that attack of dementia or Alzheimer's, I will forget how to swallow because it will not give instructions to my throat and all this area here to swallow. So I will not die from, from any disease. I will die from malnutrition. So this is real important. You couldn't even wiggle your toe if your mind didn't give it. Let me looking at it. And it won't move. So it is the strongest voice that's talking to my mind is the voice that gains access to speak to my body. My body. And, 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 and that's what it is. Okay. So going back, that battle that's going on that, that, that Paul was talking about, it's a serious battle. Serious battle that's going on. And some of us that want to stay carnal as believers, you got to understand, you're losing. You know, you're going to go to heaven. You know, hallelujah, we'll see you there. Thank you, Jesus. But man, if heaven is the goal, then when you get saved, you ought to just die right then. If that's the goal. It's not the goal. No. Man, we're placed on this planet for a reason. We weren't placed here to get saved and go. And then go back to heaven. Come on. 
And there's transformation that must, be t- that must take place on this earth. It needs to smell again like God. It needs to look again like God. Come on. It needs to respond again like the way God calls it to respond in the beginning. And he put you kings on here to rule it. Go ahead, touch your crown. You got one. Go ahead, touch it. You, you didn't even know it was that good. It's tough. Okay. All right. No gender in this. All of you kings. Okay. I got to stop. I'm out of time. But, but, but I wanted to, I wanted to get into this so that we can go deeper with this. Okay. I, I had to stop at 18 because I just, that, that word me. Because that's the thing that makes the soul tie so effective. Because it suits, it fits a part of you. I like it. That's unredeemed. It fits the part of you that has, that is still virgin, if you will, untouched, untouched by the word yet. Amen. See, and, and, and a lot of us, you know, we want deliverance, but I'm trying to tell you, we, we still have certain things that we're still stuck to. And Lord, deliver me. Deliver me. He wants to do it. He really does. But many times we don't know how to get that deliverance. Okay. And it, many times, many times he will, he will supersede our ignorance to, to bring glory to himself for the rest of us to have faith to do it and find out how to get it done. But I want us to be an active church, working the word, not just waiting for happenstance and certain things just to happen. And we call it coincidence. That, oh, I just stumble upon it. I don't want to stumble upon anything. I want to be on purpose about doing this thing. No, because God's going to do some things anyway. But you and I have the power to initiate. Y'all stand, please, because I, I, you know, I feel more help coming. You know how this when rivers start flowing? No, but we can initiate the move of God on a matter. Hallelujah. Rather than just to wait for a general move of God. Hallelujah. Ain't no need for us to just wait for the angel to come down and stir the water up once a year. What's going to happen to the rest of us who didn't get in on time? See, that's why Jesus came along and said, boy, what you, what, what's the deal? Ain't got nobody to put me in. <laughs> if it was 2012, Jesus would say, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> Get up. Get up. And, and you know, I was, I was meditating on something. It, it may have been today, but it seemed like it was real. It, it wasn't that long ago. That many times when, I have to go here just for a second. Many times when the apostolic anointing rises or the prophetic anointing rises in a setting. What happens is when the words come out from that vessel. To a people, the words themselves 
activate. Because we're waiting for something to happen. But if we could initiate it, it would happen rather than waiting for something. And, 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 and many times in an apostolic and a prophetic house, when the word of God comes out of that vessel, the moment you hear it, when your ears hear it, it becomes a challenge to you. Because it's not like that vessel is going to come and give you the answer. But it is what is said that stirs you up and challenges you to the point to do something. Because many times we would never do anything if no one told us to do it. All right. How many of you got children in here? If you got children, you have an apostolic voice to them. Here's what I mean. When you tell them to do something, you have an expectation of them to do it. And when they do it, they weren't thinking about it before and they wasn't thinking about it. But the moment you told them to do it, you, 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 you challenge them to do it. They then initiate it and get it done. See, many times we're not, you know, we're waiting for things to happen and sometimes we didn't even think about something. But when the voice, when the prophetic and apostolic voice says something, it will activate you and initiate you. And everything you've been waiting on, you'll find out that there was a box inside of you that had it. Wow. Lift your hands right there. Glory to God. I'm sorry, I started to go left on that, but I heard that and I had to say that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll say this from a spiritual standpoint, and I'll let you digest this in your belly. Tomorrow, I just hear the Lord saying, tomorrow speak to your mountain. I don't have anything, have no flavor or gravy to put on that. Just that tomorrow, whoever that's for, speak to your mountain. Speak to your mountain. Speak to, not tonight, I said tomorrow. Speak to your mountain. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we bless you tonight and thank you for your word, oh God. We have received what you've spoken to us.